I'm an insane sexual shadow witch and my name is Lacey Free and I'm the fucking host of Horrorpod. Welcome to Horpod. I'm sitting in the sun next to a giant cactus and an aloe vera plant. There's still snow outside. It was just the spring equinox. And when the spring equinox comes in, it's the energy of clean your motherfucking house, baby. Clean your house. Sweep out the cobwebs. Spring cleaning actually comes from the energy of witches. And it's to plant the seeds of the crops that will grow. And we can't plant crops in cobwebs. We have to remove the dust. The dust within us and the dust in the external environment. Everything around me is always messy. And sometimes I wonder if I'm just so messy inside. How's it been living with my messes? I think I'm messy as well. So I think we... Uh, allow it to get mutually unsustainable and then we clear it out but uh, I think I maybe am a little more cognizant of it at points do you feel like messiness in the environment is a metaphor for the internal environment no I've always thought that's bullshit when people are like oh yeah you have a messy desk it means that you're unorganized and shit it's like no that's creativity it's divergent thinking like you can follow the convergent path of like this is what makes sense and how everyone always goes down the the mental neuron pathway or you can do the divergent shit that's where you really get like a lot of the cool innovations that happen in history when somebody notices something functioning in nature and they're like oh how can i design a computer around that or a car around that or learn a mechanical a new way of swimming based on the way a dolphin does it like that's divergent thinking you're pulling like separate ideas and combining them into something new that's how i think we get like the best shit we've created so keep your desk messy (laughs) my my absolute favorite parts of you is that you teach me something new every day i feel like you you really take that to the next level and growing up homeschooled and dyslexic and I've had a shit ton of concussions there's there's this fear around learning for me and you've taught me that like some witches you know they think like technology is bad or that the internet's bad or we're going into the dark ages because of the internet and you and I met 10 years ago and you were like fuck that like you're like I'm sort of down with the witches I, I can get with the witches But like, fuck this energy that the internet is bad. You were like, the internet 
is sovereignty. And you can really take your learning into your own hands. There's always been this like extreme anxiety within my body that um, like I don't I don't have family and I don't like I'm not going to inherit money, you know, like for sh- fucking sure. If the, if something happens in my life, I don't have like a savings account. I and I don't have anyone to like help me. And you were like, yeah, that doesn't matter because there's there's sovereignty and you can learn resources on the internet. And math has been something so fucking scary for me. And I still haven't like totally like got over this hump. I think middle school is like very crucial for learning math, right? Because like in elementary school, it's like the times tables, division, fractions. And then you go into middle school and I feel like it's like real math or like starting to be real math. And my middle school teacher would flirt with me and just give me A's. And I didn't do one piece of homework. I didn't understand. I didn't understand anything besides my multiplication and division. Like even fractions, I still don't really know how to do. And I like have always had so much like self-hate around it. Like technology is different now where math isn't as scary, but you were like, it doesn't matter. There's programs that won't like judge you and they just walk you through it. Yeah. That story makes me really frustrated because it is one of those things I believe you can translate just about everything in our perceivable reality through math in some way, like colors, language, it all kind of boils down to a series of numbers or you can. So to me, it's like the programming language of this universe. It's one of the greatest things that I've like learned in addition to like learning how to learn like the metacognition stuff is just like being able to dig into being able to dig into and kind of like understand some of the mathematical underpinnings of the world. Uh, you're just seeing like the gears of the machine and that's a gift to me that I think everybody deserves to have. Do you think that math is magic? Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I just, I don't, if, if, if magic is all around us and it's kind of just like this flowing energy that we can kind of tap into and use to kind of like manifest things or plug in or bring attract things to us or, you know, use to kind of control, control the simulation, then that's what, that's the communication. Like that's like, these are, there's these like packets being sent back and forth. All of that to me, like the the energy, like the, mm, the tangibility of it has to be some type of like math. Um, yeah, it always felt like I was missing out on a whole language. And it feels like sometimes with being a magic person, it feels like I have memories that I feel and that like are true, but that I can't always just reach out and access. And it feels like there was a time, and maybe this is Atlantis, I don't know, but it feels like there was a time where language was different and we were like really communicating through math and all the answers were within the equation. Yeah, there's actually like theories about language. I mean, I I believe that Atlantis and like previous um, like super advanced civilizations had to have had a strong bead on just math. Like I want to say math and science, but it's really just math because like even physics, you have to have like, you have to understand math to get physics. You have to understand math to get chemistry and all these things can be 
distilled down into kind of mathematical principles. So I believe like these it, these civilizations to get to where we kind of feel that they were, uh, they had fucking mathematicians, geniuses, physicians, like even ancient Egypt, like Imhotep was just like one of those kind of like, there are all these beings that come down and are here. Uh, Tesla, Nikola Tesla was another one of them where it's like they just have this like deep foundational knowledge seemingly of just like how the world works it's not even like they have like deep domain knowledge like emotep they'll say is like the master of like modern medicine but like he was also in a technology he was in a crazy science stuff he was into physics and there's just, just this like tree trunk of foundational knowledge that i think kind of starts with some some mathematical thinking and that's not that like it's not able to be accessed or you can't like work with it or you can't like gain it or anything um without being some type of like that egg right has to be like a mathematical genius because i certainly am not but it's just when you start seeing some stuff in in math and equations and then you see them show up in the world it's kind of hard not to start seeing things of like oh how is this i mean that that that's what tipped me on to like yeah we're definitely in a simulation because it's like once i start getting into programming it's like okay this is math based i already kind of believe that everything can be translated through that and now i can see how like you could actually it would it's a massive on a massive scale but how you could actually program this world similar to how they program like video games and that's where i was like uh if that's possible and we're moving towards that and vr is getting closer and it's getting more real and madden 2001 looks way different than madden 2020 and he looks like me and we're about to be able to go into a headset and experience that how do we know we're not already in that and how do we know this isn't a version that's nested inside another version and that's where i was like okay i'm pretty much sure we're in a simulation now and i think right around that point is when we met <laughs> and I dumped it all on you. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. We were very like little kids compared to now. What I just realized the other day is when we met, you didn't have a beard. Mm -mm. You couldn't I had a flat even, top. You had a flat top on the top of your head. On the top, yeah. <laughs> What's on the top of your head now? <laughs> oh, oh, it's very cute head. And you couldn't grow a beard then. It's like crazy to me that I knew you when you had a lot of hair on your head and no hair on your face. And I have watched you evolve as a man, as a god. And it's like you're the first person that I've seen like morph into your being in real time. Um, we met at that dive bar in Cherry Creek and you had a, a wild flat top and i was wild i had just become independent and was trying to like pay for my own college i was going to school to be a mental health professional and really learning about trauma from like from an education standpoint and you were like fuck college why are you in college and i was like what and you were like okay so the internet you're gonna be free you're going to be free if you do this. And I was like, what? And you were like, yeah, so we live in a simulation and our government is ran by pedophiles. Um, there's going to be a time when the world shuts down and you're going to need two passports. The dollar is going to die and there's going to be more of a sovereign new form of money. And then you told me about cryptocurrency. That was a like. 11 years ago we were sitting in a park 
with a huge gallon of purple cheap cheap wine that we got from that liquor store in Colfax and I was like wait like a simulation what do you mean by that and I was like oh shit the simulation you speak of witches don't believe we're like technology but the ancient wisdom of the witch or the crone it seems like what they're talking about the witches with manifestation spells hexes uh, even like how we, they see abundance and healing and plants. On the surface, that looks so different from the energy of a simulation. But as you and I like broke it down, we were like, oh, the simulation is magic. Oh, everything the witches said about manifestation is true. And you can be like a manifesting herbal witch and control and operate your video game. So, like, what what would you say is the simulation, and how is that connected to like witches or ancient, like even Egyptian magic? Um, I think this it's the same thing as like how we translate religion through like these different gods and like these different like schools of thought and uh, like different you know ideologies, dogma. It's just I see the simulation, um, the math that kind of like underpins it, this is just the programming language. And everyone's looking at the same language and we're all translating it through our field of, this is how I can explain it. So like, if we think about like ancient cultures and how they would like come up with parables and like these stories to kind of explain the changing of the seasons. And it ends up being like all cloaked in metaphor and like kind of this interaction between gods, like the Orishas, like how they're both uh, kind of like natural forces so like wind, electricity, sun, and then, but also personified. So they have like personalities and then through how these personalities of the God, that the gods embody, how they interact, that explains a storm of like, you have the thunder crashing in. And so the part, the Roshi that embodies the thunder busts into the party. Like it's sort of that type of translation. So that's how I see what you're talking about with like the witches. Like the, the simulation is just the simulation. It exists. It's just how we plug into this game. Now, I think you have something layered over that, which is, which I, I call the matrix, but that's like, those are the traps and kind of like the um, control of the matrix to get us to do certain things, right? But the simulation is just the environment, it's the board. And so the way that you describe the board and the way that you can move through the board and, and access the resources that you need, that's magic in, in in the witch community it's something else in the technology community it's something else in like the you know i don't know meditation spiritual community samsara like that i remember reading some of those texts and i was like oh they're talking about like a simulation but they're not calling it a simulation yeah and like that's just them everyone processing sort of this board that we're on this game uh in their own way and then using their own language is going to speak to their community that they're going to be able to synthesize it with yeah, and I think we have so much stigma, or at least I do or have, around even like the idea of a video game, right? It's like, who plays video games? Nerds in their basement. <laughs> um, I love nerds in basements. I, I very much am attracted to the introverts of the world. And, um, but as a witch, as someone who wasn't technologically skilled or mathematically skilled, saying we live in a video game did not resonate 
Yeah, I remember this because I was like, so much of the references around it are like directly ported into like you had to have played a game to like get kind of what I'm talking about. And like there were so many things around that early in our relationship with like, I can't reference the Matrix movie and I have to tell, <laughs> explain what the Matrix is. What the fuck? Like, I can't explain the simulation without video games. So it like pushed, it's kind of like, you got to be able to explain it to anybody, your grandma. And I'm like, fuck, how do I do this without these Did you references? just compare me to explaining it to a grandma? <laughs> uh, the crone? No, the no. whore? Yeah, the whore. whore pod. Yeah. Wait, why couldn't you explain the Matrix to me? Because uh, you hadn't seen it. Yeah. So I was like, this is kind of the underpinning. I mean, that movie literally lays it out in a, in a way. Um, and it's sensationalized and there's action and all of that. And that's like, you were like, I'm not going to watch an action movie. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> we are screwed. <laughs> I think it's bigger than not watching an action movie. I think I haven't found the exact. And what we're talking about right now, it really feels like a conversation around language. You know, like saying it's a simulation, saying it's a video game and the condentation that comes with each word, you know, because like I think it is a video game, but I don't think it is the video games that someone plays in the basement. Right. You know, but that's where our mind goes. But I think it's a video game, meaning that we're autonomous beings controlling our reality through thought Mm -hmm. and through energy, which in a sense is a video game because it's like we're exploring, we're controlling the reality um, we have like uh, goals and levels and enemies that we beat. It's all part of the video game, but I don't think it's like a video game with like a computer necessarily. Yeah. But at the same time, the computer... That might be where we and, diverge a little bit. I think within like that video game concept, like something that like cemented it for me, it was within some games, there are like active players like you and me. So I'm player one, you're player two. But then there are also like thousands of others that like they're called NPCs. It's like non-playable characters. So they're Mm. just like uh, empty vessels kind of like floating around and they serve a purpose within like the structure of the game, but they're not active players. So when we talk about like gods on earth or whatever, like I would say that's like player one, player two, like we are, we're kind of active. We're plugged in, awake. Then you have the NPCs which I would classify as like, these are the people who just aren't awake. They're just, they haven't woken up yet, but they're able to be used by the simulation at the machine ground level, but on layer two, the matrix. And so they can like, we, that's how we like, like you can like, the matrix can basically like plug in through the simulation and we're all walking, we're all walking on this grid, right? And so like at some point our, energy is connected to the ground at some point right the entire time we're here right <laughs> where that's where, where your shoes off and you're like grounding and you're really really connected to it or that's blocked and you're connected to it solely energetically what that the difference between that is not for me to say but i think there is a slight difference there but we're constantly walking around along this earth or you know moving across it so i sort of see as this like there's this energy constantly energy constant energy flow that's kind of coming uh flowing in you know down through the earth down through the bottom of our feet all the way through the top top through the crown back and then circling back down this kind of like torus shape ah. as that's happening code is getting updated right right so like we're either we're entering our own from like our own mental creative space our higher self but then the earth is also giving us some too 
right? Yeah. So this is just constantly cycling as we're here. We have a way to, to, to affect like two of those, kind of like where, what's coming from our heart space, what's coming from our mental space and our higher self. What's coming from the earth and the matrix is just kind of being embedded in us and we don't really, we're not really conscious of it. So you kind of got to stay awake to like ward that shit off, right? If we're a, a sleep NPC, it's constantly programming us. And if you're really, really asleep, say like, not, you know, everybody has their own, but for me, like, uh, drinking all the time, drugs like that puts me in unconscious states. So when I'm in that, I'm able to be programmed with whatever the matrix wants to program me for. And then my NPC, my avatar goes and acts out on that. So I've just become an agent of the matrix. So if you, Lacey, are player one, and me, Netter, as an NPC at this time, right? Where like, I am a person here in this reality, like I'm definitely experiencing stuff, but I'm not necessarily awake yet. So I'm susceptible, I'm susceptible to be reprogrammed and kind of co-opted for the matrix's aims. It can put some code into me to do some shit, to activate you, which like completely sends you off your path. And me, the NPC, just goes back to my normal life. Yeah, holy shit. You just said so much um, that resonates. And when you were explaining sort of like the cycle of grounding, right, and like the head and the heart, you were making this big circle with your hands as you were describing it. And what you were describing is like regeneration, right, and how it affects the code within our body, like it can affect our DNA. And then that generation, it's like, what is in goes out, what is out comes back in, and it's the energy of the circle. The energy of the circle, like, is, and it, not that I, I feel weird bringing everything back to the witches, but I'm just trying to connect, like, my, my, the way I was programmed is, like, tap back into, like, the divine feminine and, like, learn from the ancient magic of the, the divine feminine, which is the earth, and then gathering coven, with, with the divine feminine to create that regeneration. But that circle you're just describing is like one of the first things I learned as a, a witch. And when you do magic, you cast the circle, like you get in the circle together. Um, I feel like everything is about regeneration. That's like why there's the maiden, the mother, the crone, and like the triple goddess. And so, and within that, they're telling you like, the mysticism, the magic within what we are, the codes within us, but how we can reprogram the codes. But they're not telling you, even like working in health and healing, it's really about how do we build up the cells to regenerate. And that's really like going in and reprogramming the body. When I think of trauma right now, when I think of my own brain and how I've been traumatized, I'm like, I just see it as like a reprogramming of my system. But if I were to say it in those languages to like witches, they might be like reprogramming, simulation. It like doesn't compute, but it feels like the exact same energy. Definitely. It's, it, it's so much is getting like caught up in like uh, language and words. That's kind of like turning off people, I think, um, from some concepts just because we've been traumatized by the underlying systems i think yeah. you and i have talked about this a little bit but like um like when i try to think about like what 
who I am or like what I do or, you know, like just, you know, describe myself, elevator pitch or whatever. It's really, really hard. But I think the best thing that describes it is like an unconventional hacker. Like I'm not a hacker and then I'm going to like get into your computer and steal your shit. But like I'm trying to evaluate constantly how to hack something, whether that's myself internally, my own emotions, my own, my mental processes. And I think kind of like an understanding of psychology and how, uh, we naturally are primed to operate mentally. Reprogramming, reprogramming that is kind of like hacking your own mind. And you can hack your emotions. You can also hack the external reality, like this 3D. We can also kind of like, I started, you know, I don't know if you've seen like the Truman Show, but like where he's like on that boat and he's in this like complete, completely controlled simulation down to like actors are his family. And he fig- kind of starts figuring it out and decides to get to the end of the world and takes his boat and like literally pierces the end of his reality with the bow of the boat. I sort of see that as like we, that's that's hacking the matrix, the simulation. It's kind of like this thing of like, what what is the nature of our reality? Like where are we truly um, is like that third level. And then you can also do stuff like here where it's like, you know, figuring out how to uh, get an extra couple hundred dollars out of your job, you know, at the tour guide show in Alaska or whatever. That's like a, that's a 3D reality. Hey, don't hack. tell my secrets. We didn't record that part. Statue <laughs> of limitations. Uh, shh. <laughs> I did something bad in Alaska when I was 19. But bad is operative, right? Yeah. It's not, yeah. Like this whole, with the whole concept of like NPCs, how do you define something that b- badness in that way this is all just uh i think natural universal law is a safe way to go with that yeah and oh my god there's so much i want to speak to to what you're saying but the first thing is is like you're like you won't watch the matrix because there's action and then when you were talking about the truman show i was like my i think so okay this is like a thought that i'm really struggling with and i don't want to go too far off what you're saying because it's dope but I'm really struggling with like the idea of magic versus mysticism. And to me, magic is I'm in a simulation. I'm an autonomous being, a god, an autonomous being who's who can do magic and totally control every aspect of my reality. I can be as abundant as I want, as rich as I want. I don't have to suffer. I, you know, can manifest the best partner, all of this like energy around magic and I think that's where weird spiritual bypassing stuff can come in because because they're like well if you're suffering like you're choosing it you know but then I feel like there's and I'm gonna fuck this up and I was talking to someone on a reading about it and she said someone else on a podcast was speaking of it so I need to do deeper research but the the energy of the mystic to me is the is the belief of the ultimate mystery that we don't have to come in here and like hack the video game in a way that like we have to understand and know all the parts and that our higher self um like to me and i i could be fucking this up but to me it's like mysticism is when our higher self is in the driver's seat or like we try to tap into our higher selves being in the driver's seat and we might be going through some like extreme suffering or be really poor And we might be around someone who's like super into magic and they're just like, well, manifest your way out of it. Don't be poor. But what if the mystic, the higher self is like choosing that reality 
choosing that video game because there's like gold at the end of that rainbow because there's cold there's codes in the trauma and in the suffering and I think like some spiritual people are like oh well you're suffering and like you're choosing it because there's there's codes in the trauma so like it's fine you know you're fine but it's like no they're not fine it's like choosing it's like your higher self is choosing a position that is sacred in the land, right? So it's like your higher self is choosing to be a firefighter and you might get burnt as being like a firefighter, but you're putting yourself at risk and you're like helping other people, but there is like suffering in it. And we don't go like shit on like the firefighters or the people experiencing the suffering. It just feels like whether it's mysticism or magic, I think that fire man analogy was stupid i don't know if that made any sense no it did. um but i think the thing about mysticism is the sacred roles that people choose and like i feel like suffering is really sacred and i think like when people are in an experience of like really bad pain or trauma or poor or whatever the thing is it's like we don't know the, the the mysticism around it. We don't know if they're just like a god, you know, teaching people by being like homeless on the street. And and like I don't think being a god is just living in bliss. And I don't think it's like supposed to be, but I think it's like really weird when we start to like judge that person for their sacred suffering. Absolutely. And I think the fireman analogy made perfect sense. Like one of the things that I love about uh, American Gods is that it really shows how like each individual God has its like own patron community that they specifically speak to in some way. And so it's not, and it's not applicable to everyone every time. Yeah, It's like, it's you specifically are having an experience that you need to hear from me. Yeah. As, as this, and not, you know, netter, but like this, whatever this patron saint or God is, I can specifically speak to what you're going through. And I can speak to that because I've gone that path of suffering, which may have included some suffering, but I also picked up some coats along the way. And that's not that, that sound starts to getting a little spiritual bypassy because it starts sounding like, oh yeah, you're experience if whatever you're experiencing there's like a code in it that may not be the case like sometimes it's just like suffering is just suffering right and there's no but i do and we don't know what's happening after this right so like it it may not be the code to like live in this blissed out utopia but it may be a code that you you chose like a suffering round here and then you get to the next level or you die or whatever and it's like okay, these are the codes from when you suffered. And like sometimes in our own suffering, I, I, I sound like such a martyr and I feel like I have to be careful of like martyr energy and not like looping on suffering just because I think it's sacred. So like being able to hold space for it, but not being addicted to it. It's like a very fine balance. No, I think that's, I think that makes sense. It's just, you can't, the um one of the codes that i have started to like pick up is like this whole concept of like opt-in with the matrix and the simulation like there there seems to be like in experiences that i've had where i'm like how did this get like fucked up there is a point where it's either consciously or subconsciously i'm like 
opting in to receive marketing messages to my email. Like I'm checking that box for the experience and it like, and it comes. And then sometimes it's just to let me know, Hey, by doing this thing, you're checking the box. Yeah. And so I think with suffering, it's like it, it makes sense to try to like, um, to acknowledge it and to not bypass it as something that, you know, there's always some positive light at the end of it. But although, uh, you know, sometimes not close yourself off from that either, but be very careful of like the opt-in of the future. Yeah. Um, suffering feels like resistance, you know, like, like pushing the pain away and, I think sometimes like it may look like we're suffering, but if we're allowing ourselves to truly feel like pain and bliss are just so connected, you know, like even in birth energy, it's supposed to be like one of the worst pains of your life, but you can also have orgasms during it. But, but if you're in birth and you're like pushing the birth away, like you're like afraid, you're afraid to come out for the life to come out of the portal and you tighten up, it like can rip your insides it can like create a lot of blood. It can create pain for the baby, but like tapping into the pain and like knowing like, okay, this is going to be painful. I feel like your body just blossoms, like it opens. But when you're talking about, uh, I keep going back to this, um, the Truman show and the matrix and you were like, you don't want to watch it because it's action what I actually think is happening is the energy of the mystic and what I mean by that is I think my higher self does not want me to get downloads from certain places yeah so the energy that you keep bringing up around the Truman show and the matrix you're like you didn't want it because you didn't watch it because you don't like action and that might have been like an excuse when we were dating at the beginning but, and I really don't like a lot of action, like guns, shit blowing up, toxic masculinity, sperm stuck to the wall. I mean, that is. Gluing to your subconscious. That's like 45% of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But I feel like I've tried to watch the Truman Show a lot too. I even put the Truman Show on the other night when you were taking a nap. And I, I won't commute, compute the information from it. I tried to watch The Matrix several times and it doesn't come in. And it almost feels like to me that the mystic part of me, so my higher self, the higher self that believes that my avatar needs to walk through this video game, embracing mystery. Like it doesn't just want codes coming at me willy nilly. Now, some people need the codes through movies. Some people need the I think the matrix was like a mass awakening for people and I had no idea. I just thought it was like those, like, I remember the, the bullet and him bending back and that's all I like knew about it. And it just felt like my brain and body shut down when certain information that had, that's filled with codes. And I don't, I think I was already learning the codes of the matrix. I think a lot of us were learning the codes of the matrix, um, through our own avatars. And, and I think when we're experiencing something like that through our own avatars, we can't compute the movie or the book or even like our friend telling us. And that's like why there becomes conflict in communities and groups because you're like, oh, I just found this out. 
we live in a simulation and the person's like, you're insane. It's because their avatar has to go through the video game and, and choose its levels. Like having the codes isn't just putting an equation in someone's face. And I think part of this is having reverence for the mystery. When people talk about Atlantis, my, my brain shuts off. I realized this when I was with Jessa this last summer. She'd be talking about downloads about Atlantis, and my brain would just go fog. Like, like it would white out, and I couldn't really compute what she was saying. And she was even like, dog, are you dwarfing right now? <laughs> like, are, can you hear me? And at first it felt like something um, dark and scary, like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to get codes about Atlantis and the Matrix is like, it feels like sometimes people are talking and the Matrix puts my video game on mute. Like I could see the mouths moving, but they're telling me about Atlantis and I can't put it in my body. There's also like a lot of, especially right now, a lot of like spiritual people on Instagram, a lot of people sharing downloads, a lot of people sharing readings. There's like one or two readers I can even like tap into or listen or hear from because, yeah, I think part of it is like purity so that the downloads can come in. I feel like my voice was just really weird there. It's getting, sometimes when I talk about the, it's so funny we're talking about the matrix right now and what just happened. So yeah, what, what I see that as this is just your, your higher self protecting your information flow. So when I was talking about us walking on this magnetic board that is the spinning earth, and then there's this toroidal energy codes, math coming out of the crown of our head, going into the earth and then coming up back up through our feet and then through all the chakras, the earth and the matrix and the simulation and, you know, simulation earth being the same, like they're giving us codes as it's coming up through. And then as it's going through us, we're also adding code to that. And then it comes out through our crown and goes back into the earth. So when we talk about like collective consciousness and all that stuff, like that's where I think some of that starts like working. And when you can feel like everyone kind of shifting at the same time, it's because people are doing work on the inside coming to new stuff is raising to the crown like the, and then that's getting put out through a code package back into the earth and it gets amalgamated with every all the other code packages that everyone else contributed so like if we that's why it's, it's like sounds like spiritual bypassing but it's like we really have to heal the self to heal the world it's because the code that we're putting in doesn't have to do with like who we're convincing with our words or who we're getting to march or whatever the fuck is happening it's like look are you living it is it showing up in your internal have you reprogrammed yes. yourself fuck because yeah. that code is going back into the matrix and that's what's reprogramming everyone else amen hallelujah fuck yes yeah, yeah that's yes um and i love what you say about information diet because there is part of me that um, feels like I have to jump on the timeline of like purity. And I hate the word purity and like purity culture. And I'm all about like the blood, the sex, the tears, the nastiness. Um, so when I mean purity, I don't mean like a religious form of purity, but more seeing ourselves as a canvas and what is the information diet doing with the organic codes we're coming with. I think like when a baby's born, they're like embedded with these codes 
And then they choose different levels of the video game for those codes to generate. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking earlier about like Egyptian gods. Um, what was the Egyptian god? And he's the god of like the medical and the math. Uh, Imhotep. And what is he's really, he? He's really like a, more of a, he was a human that got elevated basically to God status through his actions on earth, which is kind of unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's does very resonate. Oh yeah. I, Imhotep was like one of the first, even just like beings. I was like, oh fuck, this dude is dope as fuck. Like, and then I started like, I don't know. I was always interested in like, uh, Egypt and Kemet growing up, but I think I ended up doing a project on it and it was like, he was kind of like the central focus and then, uh, this is once again, another movie reference, but, uh, he was kind of one of the central pieces of the mummy, that movie. I don't know. Yeah. Some people have seen it, but <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um, and so yeah, it's just kind of been a recurring thing that he's been popping up. And I recently found out that that was kind of his path that he wasn't originally born a God. He was a human and he just helped the people of Egypt and brought so much science, technology and advanced civilization through him and his crew. Cause it was like a crew um and even the greeks and romans were coming to like study with him and the the ancient egyptians to a greater extent and then they just kind of like ported this knowledge all across the world which a lot of it was based in mathematics so this was just like a i was like a magnet to it that god like really sounds like someone i know right (laughs) i wonder who (laughs) um so do you resonate with the Orishas or the Egyptians or both? And like, how do those connect in your realm? Uh, I think they're, they both, they both resonate. I think they're synonymous. It's just different eras of time. So I just believe that black people were original and we were everywhere. Like there was, we were in the Americas and, and it kind of the history that, that I've been privy to kind of points to this thing where it's like, we were kind of like teachers everywhere. Like we were like embedded with like the native American tribes here. And there were black, like people that were like in the original, uh, some of the original archeological stuff from the Americas. And it seemed like it was like this knowledge exchange of like, uh, you know, you see this, you see this with like ancient Egyptians, you see this with, uh, the Moors, um and there are all these ancient african black cultures where we kind of built our thing and became like prosperous where we were at and then it wasn't like uh uh let's hoard this let's keep this let's keep everybody out just like yo let's go spread this knowledge across the world and that's kind of what we did and so um i don't think there is really a difference between the areas i think it all comes from the same source and then i think you have you know layers of understanding that grew with these uh you know, blossoming black civilizations. I think the uh, the Orishas and the West African religions probably were the the original, like the base layer. And then I think the ancient Egyptians kind of like took on that and built on it and then added like a lot of like science and technology and other things on top of it. I think like Atlantis is involved somewhere in that. And then you have the Moors, which kind of brought like the... I don't know much about the Moors. I have to dig more into it, but it was like one of the most prosperous, uh, at least from like a um, military economic standpoint, like the Moors were like running the world and it was just like black 
people it's just like it's just like layers of rock how you have like you can see the different eras of you know the environment based on the different layers of sediment that settle in the rock and how they like how pressurized they are and you end up with this kind of like neapolitan ice cream flavor layer cake of rock that's how i see it with these um ancient african traditional religions or just ancient pieces of history and unfortunately like i don't know a lot about the moors because it's fucking hidden and so like this is all stuff that pre pre internet pre youtube like my dad told me about it he was like have you heard about this i just found out about it and i'm damn near 50 years old and it's like this is the history the true history of black people is not 12 years of slave where we're just getting this constant torture porn of us seeing ourselves just like fucking abused on camera all the fucking time and that is in the history books that's what we hear that's in the media those only things we celebrate like it's mm. like it's this is it's just this this is who you are it's the only thing we really like hear like even in terms of the things that we consider to be like good like oh say their name hashtag all these people have died like what is that doing to the people it's this is who you are this is how we see you this is what's available to you and the only time we're going to really pay attention to you is if we're going to uh call back to your trauma and that is who you are in this place everything like that's just from the time we get the false history to even black history month to we need a national slavery museum monument like these are all churches monuments like we're worshiping this torture and personally i'm sick of it but like i understand that it has it's a part of the awareness piece but i'm also starting to wonder if there's a second layer of insidiousness around we're just constantly re-traumatizing these people to kind of keep them in their place instead of exalting the true history of who they were outside of this like we were kings we were queens we were mathematicians we were sailors we were technologists like all the shit we were a lot we were gods we are the elon musk like we have that version of that why are we not talking about that yeah some something you just said that felt really profound to me is is the celebration is even based around the trauma. And I don't think that I've specifically put that together, but even like Juneteenth and just like on a magic standpoint, you're doing ritual around the trauma, which creates the timeline of the trauma, right? So whenever we do ritual around the trauma, we're, we're pro like we're regenerating that trauma. We're calling it in. You're calling it in ritual, like a celebration celebration is ritual of calling in the energy you can do ritual to banish the energy you can do hexes around slavery or to banish white supremacy or to banish white supremacists or racists but that's that's a, such a different ritual than like you know barbecue and celebrating and like having your culture like of juneteenth but it's still and it's like the celebration of not slavery. But if you listen to the rules of manifestation, rules, I'm using words, the rule, the word rules loosely. But like when you manifest something, you don't say, I want to manifest not being poor. Because the not doesn't ma matter. And it's like the energy of the universe hears like being poor. You're calling in being poor. You're doing ritual around being poor. And so now let's extrapolate that to Juneteenth. Let's celebrate not being enslaved. Right. Right. Ugh. Yeah. 
Uh, let's celebrate it, all of us. And then, or 12 years a slave, let's go. If we're, if we're in this capitalist system where we're exchanging our time for money and if we're doing physical manual labor, we're exchanging really our health and the longevity of our body for something that we need to survive. And then we go and exchange that for something that's about to program us and prime us with a bunch of suffering. And if you're black, it's of our own history and we're giving up something that is ostensibly valuable to us to do that. What are we saying? Yeah. Wow. And, but that's not, that's not black people creating that. And that, that's, that's like the way of the white supremacist matrix to keep, to keep people in their lanes and, or their like, their, their white supremacist constructed lanes. And I feel as though the people who, um, have had their power ripped away the most in this life are because they are the most powerful and and like I just feel and I've said this before but I just feel that our government our structures have tried to trick all people that black people aren't magical and and so if if the ritual around trauma is calling in more trauma then how do we heal it how do we reprogram it and the message I keep getting around this and just reprogramming myself is celebration because when you grow like for me growing up in like child abuse and poverty everyone was looking at me through the eyes of being traumatized and like even when I did something good it was like oh like she made it you know like I remember I had like my middle school graduation and then someone in the family was like yeah but she's not gonna get through high school without being pregnant and on drugs and it was always like looking at me through this lens of like oh wow she did that but you know like that but energy and what would have been like if there was like a ritual around celebration of my education you know, a celebration of my power of what came from. And I, I hate, I don't know, because I don't, I don't want to put my story into this, but I just think like, we don't celebrate black people at all. It's the craziest thing yeah. to me to watch in the world. There's like, and, and you've like, uh, kind of like turned on the lights in my own room around it of like, yo, like celebrate, like it's okay to be like, happy and proud that something good happened for you or that you made something good happen yeah and like and it's there's sometimes synergy of like when is the other shoe gonna drop but then there's also this like really fucked up insidious thing where it's like uh you didn't fully deserve it and that's like the affirmative action thing and that's like that's that thing creates is like what's a lifelong imposter syndrome where it's like every single thing you do even even when i got so like um, I went to a, a college prep school with a lot of rich people, and but I got were it. you rich? No. How did um, you get in? I was homeschooled. Um, I I was homeschooled because I couldn't. We couldn't. We couldn't find a school where I was like they weren't gonna like try to hold me back for some reason, or where I wasn't just getting like emotionally and physically like fucked on. Like I was getting like stabbed, like beat up, bullied, and I was like a tiny kid. So I was just. And my mom was like, this is not this kid. I got stabbed in the arm with a pencil and they didn't, nothing happened. And she was like, okay, this is just isn't safe. So we kept trying schools and eventually it was just like, look, it's going to be a lot easier to just bring you home. 
where we know you're safe and we know we can kind of keep you challenged was the main goal. So we did that. And through that, I was kind of introduced into that internet piece because both my parents were still working. So it was like, yeah, we're like in school, but the school is a computer. And if you can pass the quizzes and the tests and shit and do the work, you're good. Um, so that's when I started like learning through the internet really. And when that kind of became that, that discovery and through that, uh, just kind of ended up at this, this prep school. Um, I think you have to take the SAT in like uh, fifth grade. And if you got like whatever above a certain score, then you got to do this program through the program. They identified all these kids who were like, whatever they thought had something. And then I got ended up on that track. So basically ended up in this place where I wasn't supposed to be at all. Didn't have the money to be, but they were trying to like diversify it up. Uh, it was a bunch of rich 1% white people and they needed like, you know, to be able to say that they had diversity. So I kind of got in through and see you even here showing up right there in that push of like, um, my mom worked really hard to get us like to be able to do shit like that. But even I'm saying like, oh, I only got into this school because of like affirmative action because like they. Yeah. And you, <laughs> um, sorry to interject, but yeah. you, how old were you? Uh, 14. And you took apart a computer and put it back together? Oh uh, yeah. I think, yeah, that was, I think that was a couple of years. Yeah, I was like 11, 12, something like that. So it was like this thing where like, yeah, if you, we have all these old computers, we're going to come in and teach you how it works. If you can take it apart and put it back together by the end of the summer, you get to have it. And so that's how I got this computer kind of took one of those AOL free gift card things and like ended up getting on the internet like that. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. But one thing you just said that really struck a chord in me we were talking about celebration and then you were talking about imposter syndrome and how it's like sometimes hard to like celebrate even small wins for you because you feel that energy of being an imposter. But that's like the reprogramming, right? Like you can start off feeling like an imposter and then like produce something or, you know, show up or create something and instead of being like, oh my God, is that good enough? Is that bad? Because I do it too, right? But what if we just celebrated it instead, you know? What if there's times I release episodes of Horpod and I just go into this like dark internal place and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not good enough or I sound so dumb or like, I don't even know if I make sense. What if I didn't, because that's a dark thought process, right? Like it sounds, it sounds benign, but it's not really benign because what I'm doing is I'm ciphering power from what I just created. Right. And you get so mad at me, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's like really tough because it's like, I, I feel like the, in the double, you know, the double split experiment where they're like, basically like you observing a reality makes it real in a way, like the observer effect, sorry. And so it's like the reality hasn't, I'm thinking like it's out there, there's no feedback on it yet. Like it hasn't necessarily collapsed yet. And if we, if you're pointing, if you start pointing your perception at like, it's bad or they're gonna hear me stutter, they're gonna hear, that's, then I start pointing my shit there. It's like collapsing these potential realities into like this one. Yeah, it's so wild how, um, like the self-loathing can create people pointing their perception at you that they never would have, you know, they never would have thought. And I'm addicted to that. Like it's truly a sickness within me that I self-loathe sometimes. And I think sometimes it helps because I'm like, I acknowledge the worst timeline. I feel it. I collapse it. <sighs> I have some bad news. Maybe not bad news, but like 
Something my guides have told me is that way of collapsing timelines by really experiencing the suffering, feeling it, telling everyone. I like to speak out all my fears to try to collapse it. And this is not saying that I'm not supposed to suffer anymore because I don't, I'm, I'm still a believer of the mysticism, the, the, the seeking, the mystery, the acceptance of the mystery. I have to look at my Facebook bio. I remember when I was in like middle school, I created Facebook for the first time and it, everyone was like really writing out their bios. And I found some quote and it said, the belief in the mystery. Mm. Like, who am I? I'm just here to believe in the mystery. Damn. What year is that? I don't know. Middle school. Fuck. Uh, I was like right when Facebook came out and you couldn't have one unless you were in college and I got the invite. <laughs> Just the, got the just pride, like I, the pride <laughs> exuding from you right just, now. Just, just, <laughs> just like I got that clubhouse invite first, <laughs> not first, way down the line. Yeah. After Elon Musk already did it. So, like me jumping on these older timelines, right, and like like collapsing them through experiencing them, that was for the old world. And I think we're we're entering the new year right now. A lot of people are talking about March 28th is this like portal and I've been getting messages of how like I'm having to do the spring equinox, the cleaning of the cobwebs. The spring cleaning comes from the energy of the witches of like cleaning out the environment, internal, external. That collapsing timelines that way is like of the old world. And now people are manifesting so fast that I can't tell them, hey, I'm bad. Or, hey, I think I did this wrong. Or, I might be this or that. It's like our perceptions are just way more potent because we're all moving out of the 3D. And it's like happening rapid succession of manifestation. Yeah, I I feel it. It's like weird. I haven't... uh people talk about like feeling like energetic shifts and stuff and i always feel like it's gonna be like oh i'm not feeling because i don't feel this like wave of like my body doesn't get tingly or whatever but like i've definitely felt just even in our dynamic like a stronger aversion to like when that starts popping up for you and i know it's just coming out of like the fear and you're just like we've talked about it for like years of like oh yeah i just speak my fears and get them out in the open and then it like it assuages them and i'm able to like move to the higher timelines but in the last like couple months I've, I've started speaking to, I'm like, I can't go there with you. Like, it's like hard to like, for me to like exist in that space. One, cause I've started to figure out more how it's like harmful for me. Like, you know, you see me like kind of like collapse and go into, you know, the dark hole and trying to keep myself above water with that. But I've also started seeing like the manifestation pop up like way quicker positively and negatively where it's like if i opt into it it becomes like a part of of my deal so that's been like interesting to perceive that shift in like our relationship where it didn't always really do that to me and i think there is an energy around self-loathing in a way that it's like you're feeding yourself poison like you're, you're, you, like you said, you're truly opting in. And I like how you talk about the matrix in the way of the opt-in. Like that it's presenting, it's almost presenting different paths in your video game, like right in front of you. But if you stay awake, you can be like, oh, that wasn't the path I was going on. I was following this path. And... When I started tapping into the God energy, everyone was like, we're all gods. 
everyone is a god, Lacey. Don't you, don't you believe it? Bullshit. <laughs> we, got a bu- we got a bunch of NPCs walking around out here. A bunch of non-playable characters. Just NPCs. NPCs empty vessels just trotting around out here. Yeah, and... I see that. I've seen that with like best friends I've had who like had beautiful fucking vibrant, vibrant souls. And because of their own trauma or pain, they um, started doing drugs and you could, you could see like the soul, like you can feel when a soul starts leaking out of a body or an energy field. And when the soul starts leaking out, matrix programming comes in. And I don't know that it's like uh, definitive or forever, um, but sometimes it is. Like with my mom, everyone was always like, Lisa, you need to learn to forgive. You're not spiritual. You're not religious. You don't believe in God because you can't forgive your mom for the abuse. And I was very young and I felt like my guides were like, you don't get your mom in this realm. You don't. And when I've seen her, her voice sounds different. Her body looks different. Her, her eyes look like black and like hollow. And I don't know who this person is. And I don't know that they it, that she is a person. Because I think the person who gave birth to me was like fucking so magical. But opted into the matrix. Um, because of her own trauma. I think there becomes like a, a split within our own video game where it's like, here's how you heal the trauma and like work with the codes. Here is how you, uh, you run from the pain. It's like, you have to like run from the pain. And that's like the true suffering is the, the path that you're running from the pain. And she was definitely running through pain. And there's something about guilt. And there's something about like the mother energy that when moms start to feel like they've done something bad to their kids, it's like such a wound, such a mother wound. I feel like connected to the divine feminine, to earth magic, the mother wound. And when they feel that they have like hurt their offspring, it's like a self-sabotaging energy because their offspring is them. And it's like cutting, you know, it's like, it's like a form of self-abuse. And then when you've, when you've done that self-abuse, and it's like worse than self-abuse, you know? Because like when I've abused myself, I'm like, yeah, that sucks. But like, whatevs. But when you're doing it to like an, the innocent version of you, because your children are like child versions of you. They're still their autonomous beings, but they're like replications of your energy and form. And when you like have that guilt around it, like I think my mom had so much pain and so much fucking guilt of how she treated me and my little brother when we were babies and like the sexual abuse that occurred in her care um, and or her lack of care and the guilt eats guilt eats people alive guilt guilt is like the sugar for the cells it like rots you and the craziest thing I'm realizing right now is like Part of me not being able to speak my self-loathing out loud or the darker timelines is because things like good and bad are dissipating. The dichotomy is dissipating, right? So if the dichotomy doesn't exist anymore, I don't have to say, I have to experience the worst timeline to collapse it because there is no such thing as worse or good or bad. And 
with my mom, I'm so sad. I'm so sad like that the higher version of me couldn't come and like hold her and be like, it's okay you hurt me as a baby. It's okay that you, and not that it's okay, but like you don't have to feel guilty about hurting me. Like that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And then our culture and society says, you're a hurt person that hurt a person. So we were going to hurt you more. And I think it's more of that, that ritual around perpetuating hurt. It's like calling in more pain by punishing who we think is bad or who we think is abusive or who we think is a drug addict or whatever the thing is when really my mom's soul needed to be held. And what you and I won't know about like the mother wound or her feminine energy is to the extent of which she was abused growing up or to the extent she was abused as a teenager or what she did with her body or her soul to be able to try to take care of me and my brother. It's yeah, it's, it's kind of like what I think you mentioned in the beginning. I think it was the beginning of this one where it was like, you have to be, you have to choose to be healthy and heal every day it's that's your like fortitude you're kind of like keeping your soul codes within your body and i think there are certain things within this reality that kind of like put you asleep and i think you know the the kind of phrases that i grew up with that within christianity is just like you're stepping out of like god's protection and i think this is like a some not you know with the religious connotation but similar concept of if we're not me I'm not constantly trying to heal, constantly keeping my body like strong, constantly keeping my mind strong and doing that like internal work. Then there's all this space. Once the energy goes down into earth and goes down through the matrix and picks up some additional codes, as it's coming back up through my chakras, if I'm not like fortified, I'm offering places for it to enter. And that's kind of like, it's entering through the wounds. It's like any, any of my wounds as it's coming up through that center energy field, they're holes. And so like, yeah, I can allow the good programming and like the things that I want to allow from the earth and like grounding and all of that in. But if I'm for me, netter, if I'm drinking all the time, if I'm doing drugs, if I'm not like, you know, trying to remain mindful, if I'm not doing things that try to, uh, you know, advance some of my, my goals, then yeah, I'm leaving all these holes that, that like nasty reprogramming can seep in through and by it seeping in there's only so much room for code in here so some of my original has to seep out Mm. and so you're you're like as the as your guard is down you're getting your code replaced and so when you talk about the soul leaving and like it's a different person yeah yeah it's and it's not permanent but like the more it happens and the more you allow it the more solidified it gets and harder it gets to reprogram and call yourself back in yeah that's so wild and the energy of the spring equinox is like cleaning, right? Like cleaning the house of the body and like cleanliness is godliness, you know? And I don't think they necessarily mean just like organization, but it's more of like of, of keeping clean so you know what's entering your realm. Right. We don't even know that we're like picking up on others' emotions or others' addictions or others' trauma. Because we don't know what's ours. Right, because we don't know what's ours because we have to do like that cleaning of the energy. And I know for you and I, I don't know, we haven't really explained who we are or like our dynamic, but... If you know, you know. If you know, you know. In this relationship, we've been incredibly codependent. Yes. 
<laughs> uh, abusive to each other in ways. Yes. I don't know if abusive is the right word, but like causing extreme pain for each other. Yeah. Toxic. Toxic dynamic, yeah. Um, but we've also been best friends to each other. Yeah, for like, since the beginning, it feels like. Yeah. We kind of slammed into space and coming from such different realities. But it was like, oh my God, you speak my language. You speak my language, but you use different words like simulation. Yeah. But all that's going to go away. So then it's just going to be emojis and thought patterns. Like there's going to be no, like language barrier won't even matter. That's so cool. I'm so excited for a global language in a global economy. Yeah. Which sounds like new world order, but I mean, I just, I don't see it that way. It's like, we should be able to, yeah, we should all be able to communicate easily. Totally. Um, but in that, our energy fields have been so wrapped up in each other. And sometimes like you're sad and I'm just like feeling so much grief. And I'm like, nothing sad happened to me. Why am I feeling all this grief? And part of that is codependence. But I think part of it is like the twin flame energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like we're the, I just see the twin flame thing as like you have one half of a DNA strand and there are energies that are in avatars that have that other half and by coming together yes it's like uh magnetic and maybe like kind of bombastic but you kind of have to have you have to get those come togethers to see how the codes like interlock and magnetically connect to get the the opposing side yeah and we've come in and we separate we come we separate and i i don't know what will happen next but i fucking love you so so much i love you too and you're you're such a good teacher and it truly wouldn't be me without things you've taught me and i think that bothers some people when i say that because like i'm supposed to be this like fierce independent white feminist but like it's truly been eye-opening to have a masculine in my life and now that you haven't brought darkness but like the darkness you've brought has taught me a lot in the light. And I know I've brought darkness in your realm and I hope light. And I don't know. I just, everything you predicted when we were little in the park getting drunk, we, we've hated on a lot of people getting wasted. And I have to admit a lot of our downloads came from wine under a tree yeah. in a park like Listen, cheap cheap wine when we couldn't even afford food just a blanket a jug of cheap wine and some oracle cards and <laughs> just yeah pure unadulterated thought and love for each other and really the, our relationship was kind of the first space where it was like a lot of things were like safe and okay like when you talk about like me being like yeah and like the world is run by a cabal of politician pedophiles you were the only person who knew that i believe that for like a really really long time and same with like the simulation because like you were the only person where that it was like safe to kind of like dig into or even reveal some of these like thoughts with and when you say that like you said the thing about like seeing me like grow into like a man and like you i think you've really um I think I think the Matrix and like some of those early movies and stuff, and also just like the growing up black, like that kind of like 
started waking me up a little bit but i think when we met that was like when it the light switches really started turning on like right before that and so you've seen like the whole thing yeah which is like wild to me because i don't think anybody else has (laughs) yeah and um i always i'm i'm always gonna cherish that me too it's been i'm gonna cry (laughs) but it's like i feel it been such a beautiful gift to like watch you blossom and when I say like you're a god and like when I feel your god presence it's like being in your godliness (laughs) being in your godliness like helps me know that there really are gods and that um some gods manifest in human bodies and I resonate so much with you you being the teacher Egyptian god that I don't remember his name because I just see him as Black Nutter. <laughs> um, you created my website. You helped me build a business, and it was hard. It was really hard. <laughs> and I was working at a strip club, and that was really hard on us. There's been so much hard in it. Man, I'm like so proud of you. I really am. Because. I remember the beginning of this. I remember, like, I remember the beginning of Horpod, where, like, I was listening to it, because you literally were, like, I cannot listen to my voice. And, like, and I remember, like, when I was like, hey, you gotta, like, you should build a business. Or, like, you, you can learn these things online, and, like, just the... It was almost like shutdown point of like, no, I cannot. And you've grown just enormously since then in every way. And I'm so blessed to have been able to see it, but also just so proud because like, I remember the beginning. (laughs) I remember the beginning and like, I'm just really proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think you're the only, besides my little brother, like, you're the only masculine that's ever been proud of me. Right? I feel like this is, this is a terrible episode because I'm, like, ending the half of it crying, but um, I don't, I don't, like, you know, have family that is proud of me from Horpod. Um there's a lot of people who maybe don't like what Horpod is or represents or even that it's called Horpod. And you told me that I can exist by just being me. That I don't have to um, go to college to become something that I don't have to like take on another role. And that just like by being my magic, that the magic would come. And you too. (laughs) You are just being you. And everything you were learning about when people were telling you you should go to college or you should be like a provider or whatever, or you weren't making money or whatever the thing was, you were teaching yourself. You were learning and you were getting downloads. And you were were such a 
beautiful, unconventional hacker. Thank you. And I don't know why it feels like the universe is pulling us from each other again. And maybe that's just the evolution of the twin flame, but you live in me forever. And I hope we're not done, but like, I have no fucking idea. It feels like part of being the mystic as I go in the wind and I don't know when I'm going to come back or land or if ever, but I know you're going to blossom and this episode, I hope in some parts, I don't even remember what we talked about now, but I hope in some parts it feels like a celebration to you because you deserve to be celebrated. And I think there were times in my life that my trauma and my trauma isn't of the past. Like there were times this week, my trauma got in the way from like celebrating you, but definitely in the past. And that feels like such a disgusting abomination, you know? It can't uh, even come close to eclipsing how celebrated I felt in my presence. <laughs> you hear the You're like the first person that just believed in me with like so much that nobody else would give me even the space to consider. Uh, Believing in myself with, I'm not, I, yeah, I don't know how I would become who I am without you. And I'm always grateful for that. Yeah. I think you would have been fine without me, but I think it's been a really fun journey. It's been a really hard journey. I just, I'm like amazed at the times we had to steal granola bars from my grandma's house to like have food for the week. I'm actually amazed at how good we are at stealing. <laughs> Don't say that. Um, okay. I guess we can end this episode now. Um, if you want to celebrate Black Netter, if you want to support Black Netter, I highly recommend it. Um, you you do remind me of the Egyptian god who like beams up. And you beam up in a way that I knew you are going to beam people with you. And it just feels like it's your time or like about to be your time. And you are so full of superpowers. And I know that you're going to help other people with their superpowers, especially black people. And it's, it's like such a beautiful gift to even like hear you talk to like your sisters on the phone and how you treat like young women and the feminine and that you're, you're helping them learn and like grow their own sovereignty so thank you for that thank you for being my best friend i'm sorry i love you i love you too thank you yeah where can people find you black netter uh everywhere instagram and twitter mainly right now um are there any services you're offering right now or will you be offering services um yeah i'll be doing some like more website digital marketing stuff um for anyone but artists and and anybody who needs digital marketing stuff uh i know a lot of crypto stuff so i can offer as well but if you follow me on black netter instagram twitter i'll you do go into this work mentality thing he's gonna tell you he'll build your website for you or like help you with your blog or whatever and you can and you're good at it but i think this is just what I'm pushing, but like you're your own God and maybe we should delete this part. But I think as a content creator and an artist and a musician 
and a thought leader. And so if you want to hear more of his downloads, his thoughts, his messages, part of his superpower is seeking out the future. Um, so just like encourage him to make videos, support his YouTube, support uh, music that is going to come out coming from him. His sister is a musician. Like you're just going to post more content and people can support it and share it and give you the love, worship and honor that you truly deserve. Thank you, Black Netter. Thank you, Lacey. Love you. It's really laughing. I was like, what the fuck is this? This isn't encapsulate our relationship. You didn't even let me get to the... I wonder if we ever saying, lean on me. I didn't get to... Yeah. That's the drop I wanted. Mm -mm. What was this song? I wonder why. Do is our greatest answer. What's the Temptations one? I know you want to leave me, mm, dun, dun, dun. but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg and plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, cause it means that much to me. Ain't too bad to don't you leave me, girl, don't you know. I know, baby, baby, please don't leave me, girl, don't you go.